Tonight, yet another staggering heat wave striking fantasy football. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Heat Wave 32 teams in 32 days. And we are breaking down every single fantasy relevant player for each team in the coming season. Today, we are focusing on the newly Russell Wilson up Denver Broncos. I'm your host, the fantasy plug, Tim Petropolis, editor in chief of BrotoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Broto app. I am joined by my brother, Michael the king of this fantasy thing and lead analyst for Brodo. Uh, Matt Ward, the dynasty Don and fantasy encyclopedia of himself, also the lead writer at Brodo, and Santiago Casanova, the genius of fantasy. Brodo, lead data analyst and developer of the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. Speaking of the app, download the Fantasy Football by Brodo app today for free and get every tool you need to dominate fantasy football and become your own expert. Every stat you hear is used today can be found on the app. That includes fantasy player cards, fantasy player grades, Usage charts, start sit tools, who to draft tools, drafts are coming up, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and every single advanced stat you need. That also includes exclusive stats you could only find at Brodo, true throw value, true target value, true performance value, adjusted air yards, and true matchup rankings. This app is free. Right now, free, F-R-E-E, free, for free, free, free. Um, because of our patrons over at patreon.com slash brotofantasy, a big thank you to you guys. You are the reason why the Broto Machine keeps pumping. Join now to support the show, the app, and join the best community in the world for as little as $3 a month. And you get a bunch of extras, like an extra show every single week, access to Broto Leagues, proven cash game optimizers, access to cheat sheets, private team consultations, the most unique fantasy league in the world, and access to the greatest community in the world, not just the fantasy world, the Discord of Brodo Fantasy. Today, oh, sorry, if you enjoy the show uh, and then you enjoy the app, please consider um, giving us some money. Just to put it, just to put it like, just to be like super real for a second. We, we The money goes a long way. It helps us pay for things, which helps us make apps and such. Um, today, we are talking about the Denver Broncos, the offensive outlook. Another first-time head coach in this division. Three out of four head coaches in the AFC West have one exp- one year of experience or less, and then you have Andy Reid, who's been in the league for nine kajillion years. Um, Nathaniel Hackett, son of former offensive coordinator for the Jets, Paul Hackett, uh, is the new head coach. He's been the Green Bay offensive coordinator for the last three years. Um, Jacksonville offensive coordinator before that, 2016 to 2018, and Buffalo OC. Uh, 2013 to 2014. Doug Marone, I believe, was was on both of those uh, staffs. Yeah. Um, the offensive coordinator is Justin Outen. Uh, he's been the tight end coach for the Packers over the last three seasons. He's only 39 years old. He was coaching high school in 2015 and was an intern for the Falcons in 2016. And he's already an offensive coordinator in the league. So Justin won a Outen, state championship. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously has a uh, obviously has a stellar reputation in the football world. Um, last season, I don't want to even mention last season. This is a completely new situation, new quarterback, new head coach, new situation. Uh, he goes from coaching a rod to coaching Russell Wilson. So, you know, the guy can coach these kind of out there, um, talent wise, uh, and kind of out there personality wise quarterbacks as well. Uh, runs a spread offense really concentrates on quickness, timing, getting guys in open space. The addition really just one addition quarterback. 
Russell Wilson, the biggest addition probably that any team has made of this offseason. Uh, the rookie, they, graft, they drafted Greg Delouche in the third round, and their losses. Dulcich. Dulcich, excuse me. Wide receiver, Deshaun Hamilton. Uh, QB, Drew Locke. QB, Teddy Bridgewater. And tight end, Noah Fant, who all um, – for who I mean, who – I mean, some of those people, two of those people went back in the trade. So quarterback, Russell Wilson. Guys, we've been talking about Russell Wilson a long time on this fantasy show. And one of the reasons why Russell Wilson has always been a big avoid for us is because of the inconsistency that is Russell Wilson. He's always played a very inconsistent style of football ever since he reached those um, those Super Bowls, which is almost 10 years now, which is kind of crazy thinking back. at it. Like the, the 2013, 2013 was nine years ago. Um, so. He's been hit or miss. And last year, uh, kind of the same thing. Yeah, yes, it was an injury. The year before that, same thing. It's been hit or miss. The year before that, one of the big things we were about was like, let someone else in your league draft Russell Wilson in the fourth round and grab Ryan Tannehill in the, you know, the, the 17th and or the, you know, 13th. And you, we want a lot of people giving that advice. I mean, a lot of people changes with giving that advice. On the flip side, new team revamped Russ. I, I know Michael doesn't like to ever consider the humanity of these players ever in his analysis, but there is something to be said about someone who wants to prove someone something wrong. He has great weapons. They have an improving offensive line. Michael. Who's who, actually who's quarterback? Michael, right? Michael. Yes. The defense says that Russell Wilson could be a top 10 quarterback. Does the defense's case hold water? No, the defense is wrong. Oh Dude. my god! I know. I that love these... Marissa Tomei. <laughs> Who doesn't? Oh my god! Yeah, I, I, I just had to. If I wasn't already one, married, one. I would marry Marissa Tomei. Psych Ward one one Marissa Tomei. My cousin Vinny is probably my favorite movie of all time as well. Same, bro. Oh my it's god! It's amazing, I just recently <laughs> rewatched that movie. And it's 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 still as hilarious the one hundredth time you watch it and and years later. I need to you to what you need to. I think I think and it's it's I'm glad that someone from Canada appreciates this as much from someone from New York oh, that interacts 100%. with people like Vinny probably way often way more often <laughs> yeah. than, than you do. You know, Russell Wilson's gonna be able to throw to a bunch of Utes this year, the young guys, Courtland Sutton, Jerry nice Judy, segue. and Alberto. Look, Russell Wilson. I was planning on saying a lot about Russell Wilson, and then I just see his ADP at QB ten, and I was like well, okay, this makes it very simple. Look, Russell Wilson was 13 points per game last year. was fifth in true target value. In his down year, quote-unquote, he was sixth in yards per attempt and first in average up to target, so he was still doing his thing. The year prior, he was seventh in points per game, sixth in true throw value. The year prior, sixth in points per game, third in true throw value. The year prior, 11th in points per game, second in true throw value. And the reason there's this big discrepancy here is because I've been saying screaming from the rooftops for years. Brian Schottenheimer and Pete Carroll have just been wasting away Russell Wilson's golden years in his prime, and we've all been just cheated out of prime Russell Wilson for years because of because of Brian Schottenheimer and Pete Carroll, and now he's in Denver. He gets a solid supporting cast, um, a completely different offense where he doesn't have to just hand the ball off to whoever is in the damn backfield for uh, Seattle whenever he was there, like it was a joke that offense in Seattle. I just, I was just furious with the Seattle offense the entire time Russ was there. And at QB 10, dude, that is absolutely his floor. There is no reason at all to fade Russell Wilson at that cost. He's one of the easiest picks, I think, in like all of fantasy football at that cost. 
Yeah. Oh, baby. That, so, Michael, I, I, I know that you were trying to go with the movie, but you went the opposite way. The defense did. The defense's case does hold water. No, but remember, she says no in the movie, but then it kind of does. does. It was just, it was yeah, just wrong right. the oh. way he was looking at it. Layers, yeah, you, dog. That's, that's layers. true. She, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, layers. Yeah. All right, let's get into these running backs because oh, I love my. I gotta, t- <laughs> I gotta tell you this, man. Javante Williams is probably my biggest fade of the season, and I, I mean, I could Ooh. be wrong about that, but okay. this guy is going in the middle of second round, and he did not even get fifty yeah. percent of the snaps last year. Like and and Melvin Gordon is still there now. They only get given Melvin Gordon two and a half million dollars this year, which is not a, a a big sum. And you know I like to say follow the money, but they wouldn't have brought him back if he wasn't going to take a significant chunk of this kid's workload. And you're drafting him as if Melvin Gordon doesn't exist. He's being drafted at his ceiling right now in the middle of the second round, in my opinion, especially yep. because he's going like he's going way before a guy like Brees Hall, or like why. Why the usage is going to be so much more for Brees? But anyway, with that being said, I don't want to. I I guess I've already said it, Matt. Why don't you tell us how you feel about this? Not just me, just ram- rambling. Well, I think this might be the most polarizing running back room that we have in the NFL as far as fantasy is concerned. So I I want to highlight a, a lot of things actually, and and a lot of these things can be found in the app if you go and check out their usage from last season. Like it, it's it's about as close to a fifty fifty split as you can get. And yeah, we do like to say, and it's kind of something that we've reiterated. And and you you've we've been wrong with John Smith with, with contract offers and stuff like that. But but this is a different situation because. Melgo isn't on a new team. He's on the same team. And for them, especially with how young Javante is, the amount of money that they're going to allocate to Russell Wilson, they're going to have to re-sign at least, or well, they already did re-sign um, Cortland Sutton, but Albert O or Jerry Judy will both have contracts coming up at the exact same time. And if Albert O is as good as we all think and, and as good as he's shown in the opportunities that he's given, it's going to be a sizable contract for that kid as well. And of course, Jerry Judy is the hype machine that he is. They're going to have to pay him. So... The situation that I'm trying to point out is they're going to want to keep Javante Williams as fresh as possible until the end of that rookie contract. And that's why Melvin Gordon is there. It might be more of a, we saw a 51-49 split in favor of Melgo last season. It might be more of a 55-45 in favor of Javante. But another thing about Javante's profile that a lot of people just overlook is he never had 50% of the carries in college either. Like Michael Carter. He split. He split touches with yeah Michael Carter um and his best season was in a shared backfield um <clears throat> so yeah Javante has really really impressive like per touch numbers um you know he he's when and when he did get that lead role uh he excelled in it when, in the one game that, that Melgo was hurt but yeah, he was you know, very Javante very good that game <laughs> Very good. Very good. And I, I'm not trying to take anything away from Javante Williams as a talent. He had 81 evaded tackles, um, which was sixth in the league, even though he shared the field. Uh, 3.42 yards created per touch, 84.1 yards created after touch, which both top 10 as a rookie. It's very impressive. He's a very good player. But I don't think that Melvin Gordon is just going to sit back and see a 25% opportunity share in this offense. And a big part of that reason is because we have a 22 year old Javante Williams who was drafted high enough to be able to keep him on a rookie contract for five years when the Broncos are going to be in cap trouble. So why would you 
slam Javante with 330 touches in a single season when you do still have Melvin Gordon. And on a per-touch basis as well, when Melgo was very, very effective. So it's it's not like he was a dusty 30-year-old running back. Melvin Gordon was a very effective lead running back last season. Yeah, um, so even funny. in a re- Go ahead. Uh, just to, sorry to cut you off, but Melgo, um, 4.5 yards per carry. Javante, 4.4. Melgo, 0.61 rushing yards over expected per attempt. Javante, 0.51. So, right, like, it's I not was, like Melgo. I was getting to it. <laughs> yeah, it's glorious. No, I appreciate I that because that, that's exactly it. it, it they're very similar opportunities with Melgo actually being a little bit better for your fantasy teams, especially at cost, I think. Um, and their ADPs are ridiculously far apart. I don't think Javante is going to finish as a top 12 running back in points per game. And that's what you have to draft him as this season. So I'm, I'm not overly confident in that outcome. Um, therefore I will not be drafting Javante Williams. Amen. And zero shares that guy. on the opposite side of that is Melgo with a, RB 30 plus ADP in the 10th, 12th round. I think you guys should smash that. I think everybody should be hopping on Melgo as a, as a flex because you don't even have to draft him as your RB two. And he's going to put up RB two numbers. And the issue with, with fading Javante is the, uh, the non zero percent chance that this becomes a Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram situation where Javante Williams just completely takes over and becomes an absolute stud. And everyone who drafted him, um, has high, um, win percentages. The thing, the thing is, that's not guaranteed, Michael. Though, because you're no, no, it's just in the middle of the second round. So, like, you're. That's what I mean. Like, I wouldn't be so mad at Javante if he was going in the fourth, or if he was going in the middle of the third. But you're drafting him in the middle of the second round. You're drafting him to be the Alvin Kamara in the second year of the duel. He is factor. being drafted at his absolute ceiling. Like, and that, I, that's something that we've talked about on the pod, or I've, you know, re- is I, that's not something that I like to do. I, I'm a value drafter for sure. I like to not necessarily look at like, oh, I need a running back, but this is the best player available. And I think at, I mean, ADP is literally our RB12 and pick 17. So that's steep, man. It is. It's definitely steep. I just like, I do think that, like, like I said, Tim, I'm not saying it's expected. I too have not been drafting Javante Williams really. Like I, I've basically been fading him as well. Just that there is a non-zero chance that he becomes a star. I, and this I do year. agree. I and I do agree. And as a Saints fan, like that wasn't think, even something that was necessarily predictive because that year, the year before, yeah. Mark Ingram led the league in rushing touchdowns, yeah. and then. <laughs> it just disappeared. So he had a, he was much more productive than Melvin Gordon was like, like that Melvin or um the Mark Ingram Alvin Kamara situation. Like Ingram was much more productive than Melvin Gordon was last year in the year that he got superseded by Kamara. So like I understand what Mike's saying. And but but I but it's a lot different too. Like there are nuances that I like to look at. I'm an analytics guy first and foremost, but like nuances of like contracts and stuff I find very important, especially as a dynasty manager. And like Mel, like in that particular situation, like Ingram wasn't re-signed to stay with the team. He was already on that long first extension and Camaro was on the rookie contract. Like the re-signing of Melgo, I really think is a, a situation where the Broncos want their cap space to have a RB1 under a rookie contract. I hear you there. I mean, that's... Eh. I, it's, it's, not, it's not a bad take. That's why else would they bring Melvin back, right? 
Also, I think well, we have to also consider like this is the actual NFL, and sometimes dual running backs are better for a team's success, and they don't give a fuck about your fantasy team. And I think that this is going to be one of those situations, you know, because we <laughs> saw we saw Nathaniel Hackett last year, and uh, not yeah, Nathaniel Hackett, he used AJ. AJ uh, Dylan, Dylan, sorry, Michael. Michael just decided to put in the chat. This is an interesting team. You could say that out loud, Michael. Like, this is not private chat talk. Um, I agree with you. This Tim clearly missed the uh, the message prior, but uh, just keep go off, Tim. Go off, you annoying ass guy. Oh, talk. Oh, say what you oh, want. Ca- oh, I did. I did miss the. <laughs> that, That's right. Cass said we're running a little long. Mike said it's an interesting <laughs> team. I, 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 no, I, I just thought Michael was describing. <laughs> Team is so interesting. It, it is. I, it, it is. Though. I need to text it, you guys pol- about it. It's arguably the most polarizing team to talk about. It is very, very divisive. New quarterback, new coach, like new everything. Wild ass wide I, receiver room. We haven't even got to the wide receivers yet. But before we get right. into the wide receivers, we should. <laughs> yeah, let's get into the tip, the Broto oh, tip of the day. The tip of the day. Oh, it's a fantasy <laughs> it's football there, by Broto app. You're not gonna get this all the time, but on the podcast. One of the reasons why Cass is so invaluable to the to the Broder family is because he's a fantasy genius. Because not only is does he know about fantasy football, but he also knows to make apps, and that's why we have an app that's great at fantasy football. Cass, serious. Tell the people about it. This this particular tip. Uh, Cass is muted again. Damn, twice Cass now. Is. Two yeah, episodes. Yeah. <laughs> my bad, my bad. But yeah, we're going to be talking about the true player greats, which is a, a new development this, this season. And so if you go inside the true package, you can select true player greats, and you'll get a, a real nice list with a, a number grade and then the letter grade for that player, uh, then some info, the precision, their opportunities. And what this represents is it's a, a weighted algorithm that is both trying to predict, but at the same time, accidentally describing what happened, right? So we're using, in this case, 2021 stats to try and predict 2022 performance. But by using 2021 stats, we are describing what happened in 2021. So Cooper Cup got a 99.9 true fantasy grade, which is insane. Uh, Just uh, so, so... this The way this works is players are allocated in a 0 to 100 scale. So that means there's only one 100 grade, and that was Christian McCaffrey in the year he just popped off. But yeah, so this is trying to predict next year, describing this year. Go check it out. It's very useful. Yeah, it's awesome. Patrick Mahomes also has a 100 grade in his... Uh, oh yeah, it goes by position. His bank. Yeah. It goes by position, yeah. That one year where he was just the man. Um, let's get into these wide receivers. Jerry, Judy, Corlin, Sutton, Tim Patrick, who's going to be Cass? KJ Hamler. The answer may surprise you. Um, so th- this this wide receiver room is weird as hell. I, I think that's kind of product of Drew Locke being the QB uh, that made them so weird. But uh, if you look at the 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 target percentages for last season, it was 18.1 for Sutton, 18.9 for Judy, and 16.6 for Patrick. So not terribly dissimilar. They were all pretty much in the same range. And uh, so, not very good either. No, no one, no one is standing out. And look at the point per points per game. So Sun with his eight point eighteen point one and eight point eight points per game. A lot of eights. 
Uh, Judy, with his 18.9 target share, had 8.5 points per game. Oof. Now, Patrick, with his 16.6, had 9.8 points per game, which is, is definitely interesting, especially when you consider he has the lowest ADP of them all. Now, looking at their finishes last year when they played all together because uh, Judy missed some time and, and, you know, Sutton was coming out of an injury. So those are things that I do factor. But top 24 performances, wide receiver two or better. Carlton Sutton, uh, three. Judy, one. One all year. To, uh, top 24 performance. And the man, Tim Patrick, had four top 24 performances. So this is not as clear-cut as some people make it out to be. This is not even just Sutton versus Judy. This is so much more at play. And to be honest, Mike already said the Russ is going to be a, a stud, and I agree. But I think that this is going to be a very split with no clear alpha, alpha wide receiver. And just looking at the ADPs, Tim Patrick represents the best value out of the three. I am picking up some Sutton and Judy shares because their ADP is also kind of low. If you're following the, I guess, inverse Eli Manning rule, if we think Russ is going to be a, a stud for fantasy, we can assume his wide receivers are also going to be good. So wide receiver 20 and 22 for Judy and Sutton is not terrible. Not as tremendous as a value as Patrick is at wide receiver 62, who is wow. who I'm targeting. That's insane. 62 is absolutely yeah. insane. Absolutely. Because he's not the clear cut wide receiver three on his team, as I just uh, pointed out. He has been based on target share, and that is a huge part of it. But I think if you're getting passes from Russ and producing more efficiently than the other two guys, you might be onto something better than wide receiver 62. You know, I, I also I mean, tweeted... They, they did re-sign Tim Patrick to a big contract. Sorry to cut you off, Mike, but That's fine. Patrick was a part of that big re-signing with, with, along with Sutton as well. Like, they they threw a lot of money at that guy after, after I mean, his late career breakout. And, and to do so with, like, Drew Locke and, and Teddy B is also kind of impressive when you look at their true throw values being, like, abysmal and, and Patrick just obliterating the points per game threshold. Yeah, um, I agree there. I I think Patrick is a good pick at ADP. The the guy I'm like confused about. Like I tweeted this the other day. I've never seen so much hype around a player who's been so unproductive his first two seasons in the league. Jerry Judy has played in 25 games and he has three top 30 performances. Like whether you have a bad QB or not, that's disgusting. Like he's just straight up been an unproductive wide receiver both of the first two seasons of his career. Yes, he's been injured some. But he's played in 25 games and has been a non-factor 22 times. Like, at some point, it's not just, oh, he's young and it's bad quarterbacks. At some point, it's, when is this guy going to get going? And maybe he does break out this year with Russ, but at his current ADP, I mean, like, he's going ahead of, like, Juju. I'm taking Juju over Jerry Judy insane. all day, every day. Yeah, absolutely insane. Yeah. So I I'm, think not, I'm not a big fan of Judy there. It's good. Yo, not only is he going ahead of Juju, he's 14 spots higher and wide receiver ADP 20 versus 34. That's absolutely insane. Sorry, Tim. No, I mean, that, that basically covers it. I think, I think people are, are looking at it this way. Like Russell Wilson has, has supported two fantasy viable wide receivers for a very long time. Um, So can he do that again? I think he can. So these two guys are probably going to be the beneficiaries. So I, I don't think it's crazy to draft. Jerry Judy, but I do think he's going at a ceiling. And again, I, I not something I enjoy doing. Drives people at their ceilings. All right, let's go over to the tight end. Albert O takes over. They felt comfortable 
trading Noah Fant, who was a generational talent coming out of the draft um, in terms of his uh, measurables, to make room for him to make that trade for Russell Wilson. So how are we feeling about Albert, Albert O this year? Look, Albert, it sounds like you're saying Alberto. Um, Alberto, look. He, quick bunam. Quick bunam. Yeah. I'm not even going to try to say that. Quick bunam. bunam. But look, I Alberto. Just got, I just got tag of Viola like, like, like 14 days ago. So give me a, give me a minute. <laughs> His ADP currently, um, tight end 15. Um, as Matt alluded to earlier, he's a very good athlete. Um, Noah Fant may be measured a little bit better, but Alberto is a very good athlete in his own right. Um, he has the draft capital and he, uh, they got rid of Noah Fant. Like, they traded Noah Fant in the Russell Wilson trade. And I don't think they're trading away Noah Fant, a tight end that they use a first-round pick on, um, if they didn't believe in Albert O to be the starting tight end for that team. And now we're getting all this mixed reviews from the beat reporters that Greg Dolchik is going to have a uh, a role as a rookie. He may even take over the starting spot. Rookie tight ends almost never have an impact for a team. Pat Fryermuth last year was a complete outlier, and that's because he was taking the job from Eric Ebron, who is an older, um, unproductive for the most part, bust throughout his career. Alberto is not that guy. Alberto is still young, still has a lot to, uh, still has a long way to go in terms of growing and becoming a, a useful NFL tight end. And I don't think they just, I don't think they gra- drafted Greg Dolchik because they don't like Alberto. Um, and Alberto has shown throughout his uh, his first season that it, he wasn't a rookie. Wait, was he rookie last year? I'm, I'm bugging right now. Uh, it, it'll be his third because he, he yeah, blew his ACL. He was a rookie, rookie too. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's that's why I got confused. But like the, the question really is, will Alberto be the guy? To me, it's yes. I don't think he's going to be uh, taken over by a rookie tight end. Um, and then the, the second question is, can he snag a target share around like say 18% or so? I don't think I don't think that's too much of an ask. Like like Cass said, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, all of them last year basically had very, very similar target shares. Throw Albert O into that mix. If this is a got uh if this is a everyone be helping each other out, like everyone have big separate games type where everyone is involved almost every single game. That's fine with me. Can he be a Mike Kosicki type player where productive production wise, where he sees that number of targets, maybe at tight end 15. I'm not really scared at that cost. I'm willing to take the shot on Alberto at that cost, because I do think Russ has a very good shot to have a big season here in Denver. Um, and we've seen him like he hasn't produced a viable tight end option in a bit. But he's been dealing with Jimmy, uh, I mean, since Jimmy Graham in 2017. But he's been dealing with like Will Disley's and Nick Vanette's of the world. Alberto is a good athlete, and uh, yeah. I'm willing to take the upside shot on a on a young, strong athlete um, in this offense as a as a late round tight end option. If you're missing out on one of the big guys, I like it. Yeah. All right, let's. Oh, sorry, you go ahead, Matt. <laughs> no, ahead, I, Matt. I I love it. I love Alberto. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Matt. Short, sweet, to the <laughs> point. Um, bold predictions. Let's get it in. Uh, Matt, since I just rudely cut you off, you can go first. Yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon finish within a point per game of one another. Wow. 
All right, let me piggyback off that. I'm going to say Javante Williams finishes outside the top 15 running backs uh, in 2022. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you're crazy. Oh, you're crazy. All right, I'll say uh, <laughs> Jerry Judy ends outside the top 36 wide receivers. Okay, so now we're going to have to bet. So now we have to bet. So now we have to bet. Oh, anyone writing down these bets? Because because this uh, is yeah, a Mike, bold. Mike this was. is a bold I know, prediction. I know. I know. I know. I'm not right. betting. I'm not betting on YC for 36. What I'm is your What are your terms? I'll go like wide receiver 28. Okay, I'll take that. Better than wide receiver 28. All right, I'll write right. it down. I'll just piggyback off of that as well. Uh, the guy Tim Patrick is wide receiver two for the Broncos. Not 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 for fantasy. Ew. Not like top twenty four. He's gonna be but, the number two for the Broncos. I I think that's pretty bold. Who's number one it might very actually will happen. TBA. Oh boy. TBA. Yeah yeah. It's gonna be spicy. Oh it's a spicy boy. wide receiver room. TBA to be announced. Oh oh. It's like who's TBA? <laughs> thinking of like like Arius Brown or Arnelius. Great guy out of Doriel Green Beckham. DG. Yeah that one. All right, guys, with that being said, that is all for today. We're going to see you tomorrow with a brand new division. Until then, follow us on Twitter. You can see the handles. I don't got to read them to you. You could read, probably. <laughs> Stat, stats say you could probably read if you're watching this. <laughs> Good night. <Later. laughs> Peace.